Hello, beautiful listeners. We are back. It has been so long since you've heard my wonderful voice in your eardrums. So you guys are tired of hearing from me. Yeah, (laughs) Graham's been around to podcast about uh, soccer or football, whichever you prefer to call it. Uh, But I am back now. Gone. I was gone on a sabbatical for both unwanted work reasons and for very wanted travel reasons. Um, I am a general manager of a restaurant now, and sometimes. People decide not to show up to work, and it's your job to cover that. So that's been fun. But, on the other hand, I went to the Philippines with my lovely girlfriend and her mother. And it was... I was gone for 13 days. It was absolutely incredible. The Philippines is a beautiful country with beautiful, welcoming people, and I thank them for my trip. It was fantastic. But, while I was gone... (laughs) Holy crap. It was a lot of... I'll say, back in Ohio, we were... uh freaking out because the Browns made a flurry of moves, which we're going to get into uh, just kind of in the order. We're going to go by order soon, but uh, yeah, the Browns are just, the Browns have taken the nation by storm. They're really just, the Browns, everyone, the Browns are America's team. Everyone wants to watch them now. You know, every, whenever the Browns games are on, people are going to be like, can you turn them on? Which right. never, it was always like, please turn the Browns game off. No one wants to watch right. this. It's just like, oh, there's a three touchdown game if in one the fourth per- quarter. Who yeah, cares? One person would say, turn the, on the Browns game and you would hear, what did you say? Not anymore. Yeah. Um, one more disclaimer before we really get into the into the serious talk here. Yeah. Um, I picked up a heat rash in the Philippines and have worked six days straight since returning, so I haven't had the best opportunity to recover. So if my voice sounds kind of, you know, scratchy or whatever, please uh, do forgive me for that. I am drinking a beer to help, though. Don't worry, guys. I'm medicating myself properly. Um, yeah, so the Browns are America's team now. And it remember that gif that went around of um, it was Vince McMahon from WWE. It was like that gif of the Browns offseason moves last year. It was like yeah. signed John Dorsey, drafted Baker, whatever. And it was just all these moves of Vince McMahon getting excited over and over again. Getting more and more excited. Okay, yeah. this offseason, it would have just been off the charts because I think those of us who really pay attention to football on the Browns last year were really excited. Like, oh my God, this could be actually the start of a this new era for the Browns. Be, and I think and I think the people that don't pay attention as well or are more Fairweather fans are now seeing this as the beginning of a new era for Browns football. And it is. But I think last year, you know, obviously getting Baker Mayfield was the most important step. It, yeah. Quarterback is by far the most important, important position in football, and the Browns have not had one of those ever, literally, pretty yeah. much, since the 90s. And, you know, I think you and I were both – almost as excited about John Dorsey in the front office that they were building than we were about Baker Mayfield because Baker Mayfield's kind of, you know, everyone loves Baker Mayfield. He's great. And he's the number one reason why you should be excited about the Browns. We've also been Browns fans for our entire lives basically, and have seen what the bad side looks like on a pretty much regular basis. Yeah. We've seen front offices that don't really have a plan. We've seen that, T-shirt that has like the twenty-eight quarterback We've names seen on it. Most of those quarterbacks. Yeah. Remember last podcast when I named them all off of almost memory? That was yeah. We we've, um, we've seen probably twenty-two or twenty-three so quarterbacks ourselves. We have each one thing to say about the Browns now before we actually get into discussing the moves that were made and the roster that we have and what needs to be going going forward. Yeah. Um. So my my point is this: the bandwagon has closed. Yeah. Okay, it closed. I was in the Philippines. Before I could announce this, 
So anyone that tried to hop on the Browns bandwagon after the Odell Beckham trade, I'm sorry, it was closed. The, uh, the Browns bandwagon closed after this last season when it became apparent that Baker Mayfield was going to be really good. Yeah. If, if, if Baker Mayfield couldn't and Freddie Kitchens and all that couldn't get you on the bandwagon, then I'm sorry, it's, it's closed. If, yeah. if, you ha- if you're an Odell Beckham fan, fine, go ahead and root for him. Buy his jersey. But let's just be aware that yeah. we know who the real Browns fans are, and bandwagoners – Fine, we get it, but don't try to act like this is. I think it's th- a band. Don't don't try to act like this means as much to you as it does to us. Because you weren't here. You weren't here for Kelly Holcomb. You weren't here for Seneca Wall starting at quarterback. You weren't Seneca. here. You weren't here. He was one of the better ones too. That's the problem. Is that Seneca Wall? When go ahead, Greg. when Seneca Wallace was one of our better playing quarterbacks when he played. That's that's dreadful because he's a career back. Well, he was a good wide receiver in Seattle who became. A below-average starting quarterback. Yeah. And below-average really set the bar for the Browns before this. I mean, Brian, now, what do you have Brian Hoyer was our savior at one point. You know what? I love Mr. Hero, okay? <laughs> but the Browns are really on the edge of something that I think a lot of Browns fans, maybe this generation of Browns fans has never seen. The Browns haven't been good since my parents moved here in the 80s when the Browns were... Bernie Kosar and Ernest Biner and Kevin Mack and all these crazy Browns players together with Marty Schottenheimer. And now the, and it's been that long since the Browns have had this been in this position. I don't know if is Cleveland ready for this type of thing because the Browns are, or the Cleveland is a football town. It always has been even with these Indians runs recently and the Cavs winning their championship, which by the way was, was big for the state, obviously, it was huge. Yeah, it was but, like however, like a million people at the parade. But I'm telling you, if the right Browns now, win the Super Bowl, it's going to be like if the Browns win the three Super million, Bowl, it's going to be absolutely ridiculous. Shut down, shut down Northeast Ohio. Shut down just the roads around Northeast Ohio, like from like Portage County up to like Cleveland. Just shut down the roads. Just watch it burn. <laughs> like you're the the a parade would be would probably double the Cavs parade. That is how much football means to this town. Cle- the Browns have been a a fabric of the Cleveland area for 75 80 years and the browns are were historically a good team and a lot of those fans are still around holding on to the hope that they can see the browns be good again and for us browns fans all we've seen is misery like what's the the best season we've seen was 2007 when we won 10 games and didn't make the playoffs also the context is this Ben Roethlisberger no longer has his top two weapons, and he's getting old. And we're the tired Ra- of the Ben Ra- Roethlisberger beating us up. The, every Ra- the year. Ravens just lost a lot of their best defensive players. Yeah, they lost four starters. <laughs> and the Bengals suck. Uh, the, the Bengals, Bengals are just clearly the fourth. Pl- it's nice when you're not the clear fourth. The Bengals place had their anymore. long run of being like the you know the wild card. Yeah, like the occasional division seven, winner. Seven to nine wins every year. No, they won ten or eleven games like three years. Yeah. But, yeah. Well. Baker Mayfield is better than Andy Dalton could ever hope to be. So yeah, that's right. Already. That's right. I'm a Browns fan, and I'm being a dick about how bad your quarterback it is. <laughs> yeah. It's a new world, people. Get ready for it. So, the off season. Our last Browns podcast, we discussed Kareem Hunt, who was like a a pre free agency signing. Yeah. We discussed, you know, if you haven't heard it or you're interested to hear what we had to say about it, we discussed what it meant for the Browns as a team. We discussed what it meant for. You know, players who have had domestic abuse abuse allegations or, you know, proven inst- instances. We kind of discussed everything about Kareem Hunt, and we're not going to rehash all that here. Um, but 
I mean, the update on him is that he's suspended for eight games. Yeah. And there's still nothing that's changed in how talented he is. And if he does what he's supposed to do and make sure he stays on the right path and he comes back in that final eight games, the Browns are going to have, I think, two of maybe the <laughs> ten best running backs in the NFL on the, uh, that could be on the field together. Yeah, Kareem Hunt was... That's scary. Kareem Hunt was the tip of the iceberg for this offseason. Yeah. And the Browns have just overhauled everything pretty much that wasn't working, and the Browns have acquired so much talent. I mean, we look <laughs> it's kind of coming into the offseason, we knew a couple things. Number one, John Dorsey was preparing to be aggressive because the Browns had draft picks and cap space. But he said he wasn't gonna over he said he was like, I'm not gonna go out crazy right. spending shopping like a drunken sailor. Right. He definitely did kind of try to calm the sense is down in, in 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 the sense that like the Browns didn't go after C.J. Mosley right for five years the Browns 85, didn't go after a lot of top or Trey Flowers yeah I mean they did get we there was one guy they got that was somewhat considered a top tier free agent Sheldon Richardson which we'll talk about shortly but I mean they the, didn't go the, after a lot of the big we guys. knew that John Doris would be making a lot of of moves this off season because right. the Browns had a lot of cap space they had draft capital they had some players that he didn't necessarily like anymore and when you have a legitimately good quarterback on a rookie contract. That's a pretty rare thing. And the NFL has a salary cap. Yep. So and it keeps if you, going if, up if, right you if you have a good quarterback, a lot of your salary cap up to what would you say? A sixth of your salary cap will be dedicated to that quarterback for the majority of their careers. But when you have a good quarterback who's still on that rookie salary, you have so much more flexibility to add and build a talented roster around him. That said, I mean, we did not see this offseason coming, and there's still time to go, but it has been, I don't know, it's been pretty insane just to watch as a Browns fan because, you know, my last were, year... My eyes were glued to Twitter and oh, yeah. all the... Like refreshing and daily. And yeah. like all the stuff. Like, I mean, we got a taste last year of what it looks like for the Browns to have national media coverage because of Baker Mayfield. And to be successful, which yes. we have not seen in, a, in spurts. Yes. And we saw that for half a season. But like we said in, in the open, I mean, the Browns are truly America's team now, and they're... I mean, the media attention the Browns are going to get is going to be unprecedented for a team in Cleveland, aside from maybe when LeBron was here. I mean, Colin Coward's already still hating on the on the Browns oh, because Colin Coward. because he, he can't accept Coward. the fact that he was wrong about Baker Mayfield. That's fine. Yeah. He'll he'll shut him up. He'll come on a show uh, in a few years. He when can the suck Browns... on these Super Bowl rings. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> he sorry. can hold Baker's ring in a few years. I'm sorry. Um, we should not get ahead of ourselves. I know. So, we will go in chronological order here to discuss the moves. After the Kareem Hunt signing, the next big move, or, you know, notable move, was to re-sign Greg Robinson as the starting left tackle. I think I think that indicates two things, and I will say what I think, and then you can give your opinion about it. I think, number one, it indicates, probably above all else, that there weren't a lot of options for the Browns. I, I think the Browns' first-round pick where it was at was probably not high enough to get them the left tackle they wanted in the draft, especially considering it's a thin draft in terms of left tackles. Yeah, Joe and I Williams also think, wouldn't have been there. Right, and I also think in terms of free agency, there were pretty much no left tackles available in free agency at all. There was only a couple that were kind of borderline. I would, And I think I think John Dorsey yeah. basically said, Greg Robinson did a good enough job last year that we can give him a one-year contract. If he progresses, great, that's a question answered. If he doesn't, we'll address it next offseason because this offseason wasn't really going to have an opportunity to address it as they wanted to. Yeah. I mean, unless you wanted to sign Trent Brown for a record, near record contract, 
I think Joe Thomas still has the record for the biggest offensive line contract. I was kind of hoping Joe Thomas would come back, honestly, but he weighs like 250 now. Yeah, he looks great, by the way. Shout out to Joe Thomas. Good for Joe. Yeah, I mean... Always a Brown. It would have been awesome to see him with this team because the Browns would literally have zero, even less holes than they have now because they would have a Pro Bowl caliber left tackle. And they, maybe they wouldn't excuse have Excuse me. Hubbard. Excuse me. Put some respect oh, on Joe. T- no, excuse Hall me. Famer. There you go. Yeah. Put some respect on Joe Thomas's but name. Craig Robinson performed admirably last year as a left tackle. You think he was average, above average, good? For the most part, I'd say he was above average. I, I would say he, he was average to above average. I, and considering the context of the roster and and what they're paying yeah. him this year, that's, that's okay. I think he started out pretty rough, which makes sense because he hadn't played and he didn't have the chemistry yet. But I think – and I think the team – may have started out with some good offensive play, but they were still working out the kinks that starting with that mm-hmm. chiefs game with uh, Freddie kitchens calling plays. So I think it was just working out those things, but once they kind of figured out a system with each other and they had that bye week, they, they were fine. They worked out. Greg Robinson was pretty good. I mean, he didn't Baker Mayfield would have games where he just didn't get hit. If you, if, if you were trying to imagine Greg Robinson as our left tackle of the future, what is probably the number one thing that you need to see him improve upon? Uh, he needs he actually needs to get better as a run blocker. Last year he didn't play that well as a run blocker, which usually was his thing, but he was doing a lot better in pass pro last year, and he struggles with his technique. So really his technique, I think, would be his biggest thing, which he's always struggled with. So the addition of uh, James Campen, who I talked about Adam Henry as an important assistant earlier. James Campen's another important assistant that the Browns hired. He was former offensive line coach the Packers. He helped – develop people like TJ Lang and uh, David Bakhtiari and Brian Balaga. He's considered one of the best in the business. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, the offensive line coach in uh, New England. I forget his name. He's Scar- Skarnecki. Skarnecki. Yeah, yeah Skarnecki. So there's a couple coaches, offensive line coaches in the NFL. Mike Munchak just moved. He's one of those that just can com- completely change an offensive line and get the most out of them, especially out of players that maybe weren't even high picks. James Campen worked with David Bakhtiari, who wasn't even drafted. Or if he was drafted, he was drafted late. I don't. And remember. he became a Pro Bowler. Yeah, and then T.J. Yeah. Lang, and I'm forget Josh Sitton. Yeah, the, a lot the of Packers cycled guys. through a lot of offensive linemen. Brian Belaga really was good. their highest pick, and he yeah. became their right tackle, and he was yep. a solid right tackle for a number of years. I think, uh, you know, Greg Robinson is was a draft bust at one point. Yeah. And <laughs> I think yeah. you always want to root for a guy who had all that pressure and couldn't meet it, and maybe later in his career can get it together. He's still a pretty young player, and like you said, Graham. His technique is still a major issue. So despite the fact that he's still mostly young, there are improvements need to be made if he's going to be a left tackle for the future because left tackle is such an important position. Yeah. That said, he was decent last year. He and was pretty good. You know, there's two things going for him with the Browns as constructed. Number one, Baker Mayfield's pocket awareness is excellent. Mm-hmm. And I think we saw last year how... Often, you know, Baker Mayfield barely ever got sacked last year. He feels pressure very well. Right. Part of that was because of good line play, but part of that is because Baker Mayfield's pocket awareness is so yeah. great. He feels pressure very well. Yes. And I mean, you saw in a couple touchdown passes where he literally yeah. looked down a defender, basically, and threw the ball. Through and his, you just see him in the pocket. He, his pocket mobility is so excellent. And, and pocket mobility does not mean running with the ball. It means right. taking one step or two steps to the left or right to give your blockers the best opportunity and avoid pressure. That's what a lot of people said we're saying when they compared him to Breeze yeah. is that he has a lot and Breeze has a lot of the similar things. He's not Drew Breeze yet. We're not saying that, but he has a lot of the similar things where he is good at moving and maneuvering in the pocket. All the best quarterbacks have done that. Tom Brady, that Tom Brady's not mobile at all. We, we laugh about how immobile Tom Brady is, but he's great at maneuvering the pocket. Same thing with Peyton Manning, even at the end of his career. Yep. 
I'm not saying that Baker's mobility and pocket mobility are two different things. Yeah, I'm not saying that that he's on their levels, but the, that is one of those traits that you need to be, I think, an elite quarterback right. in the NFL. And I, think he, I think he possesses the potential to have that on a consistent basis. And we've discussed it. For a rookie, he was phenomenal. Yeah. Another thing going for Greg Robinson is the fact that Freddie Kitchen's offense was built on a lot of you know kind of quick hitting plays. Yeah, it was a quick strike offense. And I think, except for a few deep. Passes. I think, you know, getting Greg Robinson for one year, ten million. Ten million is. You know, about the going rate that's for... That's how much it was? Yeah, it's like wow. about the going rate for an average NFL left tackle. And that's good for Greg Robinson to secure that payday. But yeah, it ga- he already got paid. Right, it guarantees him nothing for the future. Yeah. So I, I think it was a smart move considering the context of A, the offseason, and the fact that there wasn't going to be a lot of other moves available, and yeah. B, the context of the quarterback, the roster, and the offense that will be being run. So, you know, I think... If Greg Robinson can have a legitimately good year and secure that job long term, that is a major, major win for the Browns, considering they gave up literally nothing to get him and yep. signed him for the minimum last year. Exactly. The next move made by the Browns was a move that we had speculated on for, I mean, almost since the day that Browns traded for Jamie th- Collins. I think midway through the season. Yeah. Been the Browns cut Jamie Collins. It was not a surprising move in any sense. Um, I mean. He was due, what was it, $12 million? He was making a lot of money. And he was good. he was the Browns' leading tackler last year. Yeah. And he was a solid player. But I think when the Browns trade a third-round pick for Jamie Collins from the Patriots a few years ago, I think they never got the consistency they were looking for. They never got what he was in New England. There were games where Jamie Collins was really good, and there were games where it looked like he was sleepwalking. And I think, end of the day, if Jamie Collins had played up to his potential, he'd probably still be here. Mm-hmm. And the Browns have yet to fill that that hole in the roster, so I think yeah they need a strong sideline back. They do, and I they have not filled Jamie Collins' position yet. I think it's a good time, a good chance they go in the draft for that as opposed to signing a guy, especially this late in free agency. I don't know about uh, the draft would be difficult for linebackers because it is a top top heavy class, yeah. and now with the Browns not having a first round pick, which we're getting to, but uh, yeah, the Browns are gonna have are gonna have difficulties. But yeah, losing Jamie Collins is big. I mean, for the money he yeah. was worth it, I understand why they did it, but it makes sense, and uh, the Browns are just going to have to fill, find ways to fill it. Free agency, I thought maybe they'd go after like Jordan Hicks from the Eagles, but he got signed to like four years, $34 million, which yeah. honestly, if I was the Browns, I would have paid him that. And the Browns were in on C.J. Mosley, who is the top t- top tier free agent. I'm glad agent. they didn't pay what he was, what he, he was paid. He was paid five years, $85 million. I think 45 of it was guaranteed. Do you think that he's not good enough to earn that, or do you think it's just too much for what he does? It's too much for him. Yeah. It's too much money. You have to have yes, the cap is going up, but that doesn't mean you pay players eighteen million dollars a year if they're especially at a position that's not a premium position. And that's what free agency is about. And that's one reason that That's why the Browns need to re-sign Schobert as soon as possible. Because yeah. if they don't, he's gonna command fifteen, sixteen million a year, and the Browns could be in danger of losing Joe Schobert. And not just Joe Schobert, if you look at um Demarius Randall, a lot of safeties safety has traditionally been a position where NFL teams don't pay big ticket free agents that much. And this year, a lot of, especially free safeties, got paid a lot of money. And I think Demarius Randall has been tweeting like the eyeball emojis every time, and because he's happy about it, why would you not be? If if it's great for him. If you're a free safety that didn't think you were getting that much money, and the market dictated that free safety's got a lot of money, that's good for him. And the Browns will have a lot of these, you know, re-signings or tough decisions to make in the future. But in terms of Jamie Collins himself, you know, he just Ultimately, if he would have put forth a better effort every day, he would still be a Brown. But that's what free agency is. You were talking about C.J. Mosley getting overpaid for what he does. 
free agency is a place where you pay A money to mostly B players. And C.J. Mosley might be an A player, but $85 million for $45 million guaranteed for an outside linebacker who isn't a huge pass rusher. He's a middle linebacker. Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. He's the, like a Joe Schobert for yeah. their defense. And so the Browns didn't, if the Browns had signed him, they would have played him at one of the other two linebackers. The point is, it's a lot of money yeah. for a guy who may not be worth it. And that's what free agency is, is you have to overpay for people. And I think that's one thing. Just to briefly, Raiders. to yeah, okay, Raiders. Just to briefly mention, I think that's one reason this offseason has been so good for the Browns is because the Browns made a lot of big moves without actually giving out a lot of big free agent contracts. No, because they made a lot of trades, which yeah. which I we'll mean, discuss soon. Yeah, I mean, um, we cut Darren Fells. Darren Fells, I think, was a good blocking tight end last year. I shed a tear, and I don't know. I just liked Darren Fells. Yeah, me too. I liked him, but the he's br- old. Yeah, the Browns signed Demetrius Harris. I think who, he's basically a Dar- <laughs> Darren Fells club. He's a younger version of Darren he's Fells. He's just five years younger than Darren Fells, yeah. but he's exactly he's pretty much Darren Fells. Except he doesn't have his sure hands, but he's slowly he's a better growing. blocker. Yeah. He's a little bit better. He's so he's basically the blocking tight end. I don't yeah. know what that means for Seth DeValve, if that means they're gonna keep him or not, but I liked Darren Fells, but the Browns replaced him with a younger blocking tight end, so you really can't go wrong there. Yeah. Then the first big domino fell. This ended up being part of a bigger trade, which and we'll this discuss. was preceded from uh preceded by a bunch of tweets that were saying about smoke coming out of Cleveland. So people were like, oh, there must be a big trade coming. And then this came out. And we thought this was the big trade. And I was just like, oh, uh, all right. The Browns traded Kevin Zeitler for Olivier Vernon. So the context of this Zeitler, trade is yeah. the Browns' interior line of Betonio, Treader, and Zeitler allowed the least pressure. They of, were the best in the league. Yeah, they, they allowed the least pressure of any interior line in football, which is very important when you have a young and short quarterback. Yeah, they were elite. So I think, you know, in a sense, it was surprising to see the Browns break up that interior line. And if anything, I thought it was going to be Treader. Right. But we know that John Dorsey loves to move pieces around if he thinks something is overpaid. And ultimately, the Browns have Kevin Zeitler's replacement on the roster. Yeah, they drafted Austin Corbett, so... Yes, the Browns drafted Austin Corbett in the second round. And again, he was the pick before Nick Chubb. Yeah. So clearly... Do- was the first pick of the second clearly round. Clearly, Dorsey in the front office sees a lot. They think in- he should start. Yes. And there wasn't... And he's not a tackle. No. And ultimately, you're not... You know, Zeitler was the oldest and most expensive piece of that offensive line. Yeah, he's making like $12 million because and, the Browns and, signed a And he's, and he's worth $12 million, but mm-hmm. a lot of NFL teams prefer to not play, pay guards huge amounts of money. So Olivier Vernon is a pass rusher, and I think coming into the offseason, you and I both said another pass rusher, pass rusher at right defensive end is, or left defensive end, whichever way you want to say it, whoever's not Miles whoever's Garrett. Whoever's facing the right tackle, yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, we said that that was one of the Browns' absolute biggest needs. Because last year, the Browns had a, a decent pass rush, but the vast majority of it was Miles Garrett. Rest, yeah, it was just Miles Garrett getting dragged to the ground by so his neck. So, what are your thoughts about the trade? I mean, I think it's a good trade. I think, I mean, you give up Zeitler, which is a big blow. And he, like you said, everything you said about him is true. He's a great guard. But Olivier Vernon, when he's healthy, was getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback last year on a bad Giants defense. So... I think he's worth the con- I think he's worth the trade. His contract is also basically just dead money, no dead money at this point. Yeah. So it's a if he doesn't work out this year, you can just cut him. Yep. And then you can just try to get a pass rusher next year. And then Olivier Vernon, when he's healthy, has been going against some of the best left tackles in the NFL because a lot of good ones are in the NFC East. He was facing Lane Johnson sometimes too, or Jason Peters, or he was facing uh, for 
uh, who was it for the Washington? Trent Brown. Or not Trent Brown, Trent Williams. There you go. Like all these, and then Tyron Smith for the Cowboys. So like all these great left tackles he was going up against. Now he's going to be going up against like Cedric Aboyhe. And I don't know who the... Well, he's going to be mostly facing right tackles now that, too, so... Oh, yeah. That, well, they're going to move the best part about it. back. Yeah. They're moving Aboye back because Glenn was hurt when that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Aboye uh, got to see what life as a left tackle was like when he faced <laughs> Miles Garrett there. and just got shredded every time every time up the field. That was amazing. But, yeah, I mean... And the pack... I mean, the Steelers just traded their right tackle and then the Rams... Or the, the Ravens don't have a great right tackle, so that's great for the What division. it came down to is this. The Browns traded from a position of strength, but they've got Corbett right there to fill the shoes. Mm-hmm. And if Corbett is, you know, good. 75% of what Zeitler was. Yeah, if Corbett's good, then you're not going to notice that much Zeitler being gone, especially yeah. with the other development around the offense. The Browns really needed a pass rusher. Yeah. And if you go to free agency, pass rushers get paid. We weren't going to pay Trey Flowers. Pass rushers years, get 90. paid with a capital P in free agency. And I think the Browns basically decide, look, We've got a chance to deal from a position of need that we have a chance to fill and get a position of need that's a very expensive position. And like you said, Olivier Vernon's contract, the, the Browns can cut him at any time. Yeah. And he's had some injury issues. Mm-hmm. I'd prefer that he was a guy that didn't have injury issues, but there's a reason he was available for trade. Mm-hmm. He's still a very good pass rusher, and he's a very good number two pass rusher. And I think the Browns don't have the Browns. One of the Browns' absolute number one priorities was to get another pass rusher to oppose Miles Garrett. And now, I mean, the Browns' defensive front is getting really good, especially because they signed Sheldon Richardson. <laughs> and this is this is a, this is is a all you, the Sheldon Richardson thing, so go ahead. Yeah, I mean, getting Sheldon Richardson was awesome because I've been saying forever that... Who is he? What does it mean? Uh, he, well, he's a 28-year-old defensive tackle who got drafted by the uh, Jets when he was drafted originally, he actually won defensive rookie of the year. He was really good. He was a really versatile guy. He played four, three interior for them. He played three, four defensive end. He even played linebacker a little bit, but he's not going to do that with the Browns. But, uh, he's, he's a good, uh, pocket pusher. He's not, he's an interior guy. So he had like four and a half sacks last year with the Vikings. He had a stint with the Seahawks too. The reason he had that happen was just because, uh, he had some, he was speeding at a really high miles per hour, like over a hundred miles an hour. Um, when he was younger and he had, he got in trouble for that, and he had had a lot of, some other issues happening as well and the, with the Jets. But uh, the last two places he's been, they said he's been a model citizen, and they really he people really liked him in the locker room. He was a good teammate, and he worked hard. So if he's doing if he's gotten that behind him and he's doing all those things, I mean he was a young he was young when he did that. He was like twenty three, twenty four. So maybe he's just grown up now and started to realize things are different. He has a, he has a kid now, so he's a lot more wary of that. He mentioned so. having a kid changed him. Yeah. So I think he's calmed down a bit. And if he's calmed down a bit, he is super disruptive in the pocket. And the Browns needed a three technique, someone that can push the pocket next to Larry Okunjobi or switch roles with Larry Okunjobi when, if they want Okunjobi to push the pocket, he can do that. And the Browns only guaranteeing him $21 million over three years, which probably means the first two year, the first year and a half of his deal is guaranteed. That's a good signing for a guy who can really is what the Browns probably needed the most going into the offseason was a running mate next to Okunjobi along with one next to Miles Garrett. And yeah. in the span of a day, they got both. Yeah, the Browns' pass defense last year was pretty solid, but that was mostly due to the back end. And also yeah, Joe Schobert. Yeah, Randall and, and Peppers. Yeah. Um, the Browns' pass rush last year, you know, was, was not bad because they have Miles Garrett. But in the modern NFL, you know, 
pass rush is one of the most important things you could have. And the Browns have gone from having Miles Garrett and Larry Ogunjobi, who basically took on th- like two to three blockers, both of them. Like and they played every play. Yeah, they played all the snaps. Now the Browns have legitimately, I would argue, one of the best four-man fronts in the entire NFL. Yeah, that starting four is and one of the best. The Browns have gone from having two good guys and two very mediocre starters and overall, I would say probably an average to below average defensive line, to now having one of the best four-man fronts in the NFL. Yeah. And that is really, really good. And, and they have I, good depth options, I, I still too. worry a little bit about the run defense because yeah. the Browns have a lot of pocket penetrators and not a lot of great run stoppers. But that said, I do think having Christian Kirksey and Joe Schobert and whoever starts at third linebacker, you know, Schobert and Kirksey. Kirksey is more of a run defender than he is a pass defender as a, as a linebacker. At this point. I yeah. think Kirksey's honestly ideally a middle linebacker. But either way, he and Schobert are both very good against the run. And I think, you know, addressing that, that pass rush is is very important. And I think, you know, the Vernon deal made a lot of sense from, you know, what we discussed earlier. And I think Richardson was signed for a very fair amount. So I really think at this point, I was already excited about the Browns offseason. Yeah, I was like, awesome. I think the Browns could maybe contend for a wild card spot. And then the Browns traded... The 17th overall pick in the first round, their third rounder, but not the Browns' third rounder, the Patriots' third rounder, which was the second third rounder <laughs> yeah, the Browns have. It's like 95. And Jabril Peppers, who did have a good year last year, yeah. for Odell Beckham Jr. Hype. Hype. And some kids, some kid got called, the, had the cops called on him because he was so excited. Some kid literally had the cops called on him because he was running around his neighborhood with his arms flying around because he was so excited. <laughs> it's, it's insane. And so... Again, context, Odell Beckham Jr. is a absolutely top five superstar wide receiver in the NFL. Receiver. He's a superstar, and he brings with him everything that comes with being a superstar wide receiver, including, you know, there were some problems in New York with, you know, some tantrums or if he didn't get the ball enough. I do think that a lot of the problems will be cured by winning, which I expect the Browns to do. And also, they have a great. The Browns system. are the perfect team to bring in Odell Beckham Jr. because his college and his high school friend, teammate, and his maybe friend. his best friend Jarvis Landry, yeah, they're best friends, will be the Browns' number two wide receiver. And their wide receivers coach in college, Adam Henry, is the Browns' wide receiver. Who is coach. also the wide receivers coach in New York, Beckham's first few years. So, if there's so the- ever a situation <laughs> where you can say Odell Beckham Jr. will not be a problem in the locker room, this is it. And I think... And from what I heard, he wasn't a bad teammate. Right. And most of the people that have played with him like playing with him. I think being in New York and having all that media attention certainly contributes to some of the opinions about Odell Beckham. I mean, it's not going to get any different now. End of the day, Odell Beckham Jr. has been a guy that most people like playing with, except maybe Eli Manning. But guess what? Baker Mayfield's <laughs> way better than Eli get Manning. Him the ball, Eli. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be the same problems with Baker Mayfield. I think those no. personalities... I mean, you saw how Baker and Jarvis Landry's personalities lined up last year. There was yeah. a time when Baker Mayfield literally had to pull Jarvis Landry off of another player. He's like, dude, just chill. <laughs> Baker Mayfield's like, I'm intense. This is a whole other deal. Yeah. And I think Odell Beckham will fit in perfectly to that locker room. And also, he can add, he can be he, fiery he, while he's Landry's had some leader. injury issues, but mostly only one season. Yeah. He played 12 games last year, four the year before that, in about 45 his first three years. So he has missed some time with injuries, but when he has been on the field, he is undisputably absolutely great he's and he's still only 26 years old and he's already signed in long term yeah 
What was your reaction? <laughs> I went, I went nuts. I thought I literally texted. I think the night before, me, Andrew, and Olin were texting. And I said, if the if the Browns trade for Odell Beckham, I'm going to throw my phone. And I literally threw my phone down the stairs <laughs> when I saw that because I was just like, I was so excited when I saw that. I'm like, this has to be fake. And then I saw that it was like, this is not a joke. Mike Garofalo was like, this isn't a joke. They traded for Odell Beckham. And then I saw Adam Schefter. And then I saw the others. I'm like, oh my God, the Browns traded for Odell Beckham. And then I saw what they gave up for him. I'm like, they fleeced the Giants. Yeah. So bad. The New York media (laughs) is going absolutely crazy on the Giants GM, Dave Gettleman. He roast John Dorsey literally stole his lunch money with this trade. Only trading a first round pick, a third round pick, and a good strong safety. Don't get me wrong. Uh, ascending strong safety. I I loved Real Peppers. You guys know me in the That was podcast. your boy. I rooted for him the entire year, and I said he'd be good. And I think he can be. But trading all of just that for Odell Beckham, when we thought it would be two ones and maybe a two, like high-end trade value. We got him for a first, a late third, and a safety. Yep. How can you not How can you not take that deal? That's like if someone comes and up again, to you with a... TV and it's like we'll give you a hundred dollars for the sixty-inch TV. Okay. And again, he's already signed long-term to a, honestly like a reasonable deal for a top tier. And with the cap Let continuing me, to if go you, up, if you look yeah. at what Antonio Brown got, I mean Odell Beckham Jr.'s contract looks good bargain. It really does. Yes. And again, he's twenty-six, so he's nowhere near he's past right his prime. In his he's prime. in his prime. Yeah. And I think the seventeenth overall. Anytime the Browns trade away draft picks, it makes me sad because John Dorsey is so freaking good. And drafting. the Browns aren't going to have a first-round pick this year, which is weird. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so after all these years of, like, two just waiting with bated breath to see the Browns pick in the first round. <laughs> we don't have the to. The Browns don't have a first-round draft pick, and I don't even care. Yeah. That's that's where we've that's where we've gotten. When you trade for Odell Beckham, that helps. Yeah. So, you know, the third-round pick is, it was, ba- it's like. <laughs> so ba- is Danny Shelton. It's a very end of the, yeah, Danny Shelton. So we traded 17 and Danny Shelton and Jabril Peppers for Odell Beckham. <laughs> Seriously, it's incredible. And I think a lot of people speculate that Odell Beckham would get, like you said, two first-rounders and a third-rounder maybe. Well, and and the Giants GM is trying to claim that he looks at Jabril Peppers as a first-round pick. Look, I love Jabril Peppers, but he's not a first-round value. No, he's not. He's not. He's like a mid-second-round value. And the Browns will have to fill that hole potentially, and we'll discuss that later. But end of the day, the Browns came into this offseason with what were probably the biggest needs? A playmaking wide receiver – and pass rush. And all of it. It's just they're like just give me John Dorsey just went to it's the It's just store like I don't like, know if you guys can hear this but there it is. They got it all. And the Browns still have holes for sure. And a, and again, this guarantees nothing. Odell Beckham could be hurt for half the season. What it's still Cleveland Browns. Something tragic could happen to Baker Mayfield. He could get drowned in a boat accident. I don't know. I, I'm just saying. <laughs> this might be a bad analogy, but you know when you go to the store and you're like, "I just need like I'm just going to grab like some milk." And then you end up grabbing milk. And orange, and, juice, orange juice and some and pop tarts and pop tarts and then and, and then on like, the way out you get some ice cream too. You're like you know I don't really need anything else. I'm good. That's what the Browns. That's what John Dorsey basically did. He's like you know we're, we're gonna get Olivier Vernon, but and they were and he said they were talking about Odell Beckham. He's like we'll come back to it, and then we signed Sheldon Richardson, <laughs> and then David Gettleman calls him, and then he talks to the staff. He's like guys, he's seriously willing to give us Odell Beckham for this, and they're like, are you gonna say? And this isn't just me thinking about it. They're probably like, send the paperwork right now before he finds out he's an idiot. Yeah, I mean, John Dorsey played it pretty cool in the press conference, but you know in that in, the, in that room you know, inside, with the front office, they in, were all laughing at the You know, the internally, Giants. he was probably like, do it! Yeah. Do it! Yeah. Because <laughs> you have to do that. Yep. Odell Beckham is 
This is one of the bigger trades in the NFL in a long time. He is honestly, a superstar in his prime yeah. on a reasonable contract for this haul is unprecedented. Yep. I I can't think of a trade and again, like this. When you've got Baker Mayfield, it's time to capitalize. Let's go. And for these type of players, it's worth it. It's like people crapped on uh, the Bears for trading for Khalil Mack. It's Khalil Mack. He traded two first-round picks, but he's giving you the production. Odell Beckham will give us the production that we need from the wide receiver. Like you said, he was putting up great numbers with Eli Manning as his quarterback. Yeah, and no disrespect to two-time Super Bowl champion and current terrible quarterback Eli Manning. He's been Baker terrible Mayfield with Odell Beckham. Is like way better. He's been terrible with Odell Beckham. Yeah, so the point is, is it's really hard to not be excited about the Browns offseason, not just because they addressed all these positions of need and they acquired all this talent and it's a fun team now, but John Dorsey made all these moves. I mean... They did not overpay Sheldon Richardson. They got Olivier Vernon from a position of need. And it's a reasonable contract. They they traded for Odell Beckham Jr. in a trade that like the vast majority of NFL media is just mocking the Giants for because he fleeced them so badly. <laughs> not only did the Browns address so many needs and solidify the most important parts of their roster, they did so in moves that made sense and yeah. did, were not overpays. Yeah. And I think that's why it's it's just it's it's really hard to not be excited right now. And I think... It's awesome. Then, after this, the Browns obviously needed a lot of depth. The Browns made depth signings that were like, wow, those are great signings. The Browns signed Adarius Taylor, who is kind of a versatile backup linebacker. Yeah, he's a coverage guy. He filled in for Quan Alexander last year for the Buccaneers, actually against the Browns. I don't remember how he did. I didn't really remember. I don't really remember him, but from what I've read about him, he was, he's a pretty good player. I think he could... If we he has to start for us at a strong side, I think he could. Or if they want to flip flop him with Kirksey, depending. So I mean, he could start if need be, but he at worst, best case, he's a our fourth linebacker. We signed Eric Cush. He's a good guard center. Uh, Dorsey drafted him. Uh, he was with Kansas City for a while. He played center there, but he played guard this past year at the Bears with Matt Nagy, Kansas City. The only guard to allow less pressure per snap last year than Kevin Zeitler. <laughs> Does not mean he's as good or better than Kevin Zeitler. He's not. He's a backup. But the point is, he can fill in at both guard spots and center. So he's pretty much taking the Austin the Corbett sixth, role yeah. from last year. Yeah, he's the sixth offensive lineman now. Although they did also sign Kendall Lamb, who I didn't know much about, but he started 12 games this past year. He was undrafted. At right tackle. Yeah, right tackle. And he could be our, either our starting right tackle this year, or he could be a swing tackle for us. Yeah, he'll, I think he'll probably compete with Hubbard. I think he will. I think it'll be between Lamb and Hubbard for right tackle, and the loser will be the swing tackle. Yeah, and so... I don't think they can get rid of Hubbard this year, and I think, yeah. and they're not going to get rid of Lamb. The Browns had a good offensive line last year, and I think they're going to have a better offensive line this year. I think they're deeper. They're deeper, for sure, and they've got Robinson, who's kind of solidified left tackle a little bit, hopefully. I think having a deeper offensive line is really important, because the Browns last year got really lucky with injuries. Yeah, they did. And J.C. Treader, like we've said, like a gladiator, just went out there and played no matter what. Yeah, that was insane. So... I don't know if you can expect the Browns to have that kind of injury luck again. You need these type of guys always yep. on your offensive line. It's good to have seven or yep. eight guys on your offensive line that you feel like you can play. Yep. Um, the Browns did lose some players. Rashad Perryman. Rashad Perryman's gone. Now, the- he signed a deal here, and then what happened? And then we traded for Odell Beckham, and he's like, "Never mind. I don't want to be the fourth wide receiver." He agreed to the terms of a deal. He didn't sign a deal. Yeah. Basically, what happened was Rashad Perryman was going to come back here. <laughs> 
And then the Browns trade for Odell Beckham He's Jr. He's like, I don't want to be the fourth receiver. Yeah. And he just decided he wasn't going to get enough playing time here and signed the same deal in Tampa Bay. Which, I don't really blame I him for it. it. He yeah. would have been a fourth or fifth receiver. Yeah. He might not even have made a roster. I think if the Browns wouldn't have made the OD, OBJ trade... He would have been back. Yeah, exactly. Um, Tyrod Taylor's gone, which is sad, but not unexpected. He's a professional. I'm, I wish he would have gotten one more chance to start somewhere. And he still may. I think he may be looking at his career as go to back up a top quarterback for a couple years and then get a chance to start after that. Yeah, you know what I, mean? I mean, he's backing up Phillip Rivers, which is a good idea. Yeah, I mean, if anything, he'll be there just in case Phillip Rivers pops another kid out during the game. I was really hoping, you know, he can be I was really hoping for the deal he got that the Browns should, would have signed him. Yeah. I would have given him that five and a half, six mil a year to be a backup. I would have as well. But because he's a great locker room guy and he's really he was really influential in Baker yeah. and he's still talented. I think in this in a different offense, if he had to come in and play, I think he could be serviceable. And I think that's the thing. I think maybe the Browns are just looking for a better fit for their offensive backup quarterback, which I get because usually you want your backup quarterback to have the same skill set, which is why they kept right. saying Baltimore, Baltimore for him as a backup behind Lamar, and he didn't. And he went to the Chargers, which is not not really a fit. But it's funny that you yeah. mentioned Lamar Jackson because. The Browns staff last year was raving about how good Tyrod Taylor was in practice simulating mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson. Yeah, so very similar. Players. I think you've got to give a lot of props to Tyrod Taylor. I mean, he came into the year as the starter, started two games, got benched in the, it, the halftime of the second game or just before halftime of the second game, and was like the ultimate pro. I mean, yeah. he, they said that in practice he made a big impact just by kind of teaching guys how to run certain offenses and what to look for against certain teams. Yeah, like, honestly, I really wanted him to Locker come back. Locker room leader, yeah. Like he really would have been someone I would have I would have six really million is a lot back. for a backup quarterback, but but if you're paying Baker Mayfield seven mil, then you have the ability to pay a high end backup. Right. Which if you're the Browns, I think if you're a contending team on a rookie deal, you need a good backup. It remains to be seen what the Browns will do there. We yeah. will find out. Um, Brian Body Calhoun is gone. Who no. was he was he was old regime. He was really versatile, though. He, he could be... An, he was a free safety slot corner. Yeah, guy. he was a slot corner or a third safety. And he played a lot this year for the Browns, and he played pretty well. I mean... He was okay. He's not a starter. He's been better. He had better yeah. years with us. He, yeah. He hasn't been as good the last few years. He was really good two years ago. He was a nice depth piece. Yeah. He was a good backup corner. But for but, what he got paid, I get it. Yeah. And we didn't even tender him. He, yeah. We just said thanks. So the Browns are probably going to look into free, into free agency, but... Right. And then because we, we also lost EJ Gaines too, and he only played a few games because he got hurt, and he played pretty well in those games when he was replacing Terrence the Browns. Mitchell. Drafted Denzel Ward, they signed Terrence Mitchell, they signed EJ Gaines, TJ and they Carey. signed TJ Carey. And we were just hoping that one of those three signings worked out really well, and two of the three worked out really well. Yeah, I mean we have and co- Terrence Mitchell and we have our co twos carry our back. So yeah, we have our co twos, which is how I really look at it. They kind of just partner up. Gaines was kind of the odd man out. Yeah. Losing gains in BBC, the Browns definitely need sep- secondary depth, which we will discuss soon. Yeah. But we have an ad break. But before the ad break, I just want to give a loving tribute and a thank you to ex-Browns general manager Sashi Brown. He literally who gave he, John Dorsey just a platter, and he's like, enjoy yourself. He, Don't eat too much. Sashi Brown was brought in having literally never worked in football before to run the Browns front office. That's not office. true. He was a business. He, was a bi- he worked in the lawyer part- department for them. Yeah. A lawyer was running the football operations, and that if that doesn't define the Browns, I don't know what does. And I would like to think that <laughs> even kind of Lisa Rice running the show. Oh, for God's sake! <laughs> I would, I, in my head, I would like to think that the Browns ownership kind of had this plan, you know, in the back of their head. But let's be honest, they're not that smart. I think D Haslam is. I don't think Jimmy is. Jimmy Haslam's definitely not that smart. He's just the one they're like, just sign the checks, Jimmy, and shut up. Yeah, and he's exactly. like, they're like, okay. 
We're yeah. winning now. But but can I wear cool looking short shorts at practice and make it look like I'm walking around? Sure. 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 Anyways. Sign them checks. Sashi Brown came to the Browns when the Browns were pretty trash and didn't have a lot of potential. And what he did was he stripped them down to the wire. And didn't take a quarterback two years in a row. Yeah. Which we have Baker Mayfield now, and it, now it's fine. But if we didn't have Baker hey, Mayfield, hey, you know the Browns hey, fans would be hey. Sashi Brown absolutely should not have been the GM going forward, okay? <laughs> I'm not saying that because he should not have been. He was not fitted for the job. That said, he put the Browns in position to have young talent in the roster, very few bad contracts, yeah. a lot of draft capital, and a good scouting department. That's what he did. And, he made an and then trade. when he got fired, he said, here you go, John Dorsey. It's ready-made for a rebuild. And John Dorsey took over and dunked it, and here we are. So thank you, Sashi Brown. We're going to take an ad break, and we'll be right back. And we are back. So, given everything that's happened this offseason, tell me where you think the Browns are right now. I think, I, I mean, I think as a Browns fan, it's weird to say, I think you're, you're disappointed at this point if the Browns don't win at least nine games, maybe ten. That's that, This is the problem with what this offseason has done now, is that the, the Browns have real expectations. And as a Browns fan, it's not a problem, but as a Browns fan, you have no idea how to handle that because when is the last time the Browns had expectations? 2008? 2008. When the Browns won 10 games and everyone came in and were like, we have our f- franchise quarterback in Derek Anderson. I think even in 2008, I think a lot of people knew that it was kind of smoke and mirrors. And I mean, but we had a young, and we had a young up and coming quarterback in Brady Quinn. We had Braylon Edwards who, who had a career year and Kellen Winslow. Brady Quinn. And Kellen Winslow before he went completely nut job and... Yeah, Jamal, he's like raping old ladies and stuff. It's ugly. And Jamal Lewis, I mean, we when knew, he was we, good. We knew Kellen Winslow was crazy, but like, He's damn. a fucking soldier. Yeah, <laughs> That's what he's, he is. Yeah, it's, it's a mess. I'm glad he's not on the team anymore. Let's just say that. I'm glad that era has gone and passed. He's, the only team he's going to be on is uh, the longest yard team at this point. <laughs> yeah. um, anyways. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, the Browns. You're right. The Browns have more expectations coming, in, coming into this year than they have had since, since they, came, they back. came back. Yeah. The last time they had type expectations was probably the late 80s. I mean, no longer are the Browns kind of a trendy or underground pick to make the playoffs. Everyone's I, picking them. I think... The next day, everyone was like, who's going to make the playoffs out of the North? Everyone said, Browns, 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 Browns. The Steelers and the Ravens are still legitimate playoff contenders. It's gonna Absolutely. Be a th- it's going to be a three-team race for the playoffs. That said... It's going to be a fun division. At this point, the Browns are Vegas favorites to win the division. I think on paper, the Browns are the most talented team in the division. But... Like Tony, and I'll even give this a credit to Tony Jefferson, who's a for, who's a safety for the Ravens, and the Browns almost signed him but didn't, because uh, he didn't want to come here. Uh, <laughs> that was that was Sashi Browns. Anyway, he's he basically said they have to come get it from us, and that's right. The Browns have to go get this division. The Browns are not guaranteed anything. With that being said, they have a loaded offensive roster, and they have the most talented roster in the AFC North. Maybe even it may, they might have the second most talented roster in the AFC, on paper. Woo! On paper. So, I agree with everything you just said. And we already discussed it earlier. It's kind of hilarious that the draft is suddenly not even a big deal to Browns fans. Yeah, because we don't need any... We don't have any... We don't have major pressing needs anymore. We like have a we, couple. But we don't need... Like, we need an impact starter right there. We need that. The Browns right. for the last few years have needed that. So, what we're going to do now is just kind of go over the overall depth chart. We're not going to take too long doing it because we don't want to bore you guys. But... The we'll, offensive one is stupid. We'll kind of... It is. We'll kind of <laughs> go over needs... As we go along here. So, quarterback, everybody knows, Baker Mayfield. 
Right now, Drew Stanton is the backup, and Are I don't really I don't think backup? Drew Stanton is a viable backup. No, he's a teacher. He's a yeah. quarterback coach at this point. All right, he's an ideal third quarterback. Yeah. So I think the Browns, I don't know if there's a lot of guys left to sign at this point. I think that the Browns may draft a developmental guy to be kind of the backup. Blake Bortles. <laughs> Blake Bortles signed with the Rams. Oh, I didn't know that. He sure did. Oh, that's great. I love that, actually. Good yeah. for him. Good for Blake Bortles. Yeah, good for living, Blake he's, Bortles. He's living his best life out in L.A. now. Um, so the Browns need a backup quarterback. Yeah. We'll see if it's draft or free agency. I think I would probably prefer a free agent, but with the amount yeah. of of cap space the Browns have used up. They're not going to trade for a backup. Yeah. Trade for Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins. Oh, my God. he's He was good. He's a starter. He's, he's, he could start for five teams right he's now. He's Garoppolo's backup. So. Yeah. so running back, Nick Chubb is the starter. They've got a big rotation. You know, They've got Kareem Hunt, who's suspended for the first half of the year. They've got Duke Johnson. Duke Maybe. Johnson is a trade candidate who the Browns have apparently put on the block, which, first of all, is a shame because I love Duke Johnson. And first, second of all, we're not going to get anything of worse for him. Yeah. The Browns are kind of at the point now where trading for a mid-round pick isn't going to do anything for them. Yeah. And we already have a bunch of mid-round picks this year. Yeah. I, I, I still kind of wish the Browns wouldn't have signed Creed Hunt and just would have gone for Duke Johnson because Duke Johnson is good. Yeah, no, I but agree. But for whatever reason... You know, I'll I, root for Duke Johnson to the end of the earth. Yeah, he and he was really loyal to the Browns too. Yeah. He wanted to stay here. Unless he plays for the Steelers or the Ravens, I will root for him to the ends of the earth. If the Browns trade Duke Johnson, I think you're, they're going to bring one. they're going to bring in another running back because, in like the fifth round because they're going to want a compliment to Chubb. I think they'd da- want a pass catcher. Yeah, I think Darren Hilliard's not bad, but he's more of a return man special team, and he's a legit yeah. backup running back. He's, he can get you a couple carries a game. He's that said, he's quick. Once Nick Chubb and Cream Hunter both in the field, That's, good luck. They can run some of those formations, like I've said in the past, they can run those formations that the Saints did and just have both of them on the field together. Tight end, you've got Njoku as your starter, you've got Harris as your backup and blocking guy, and you've got DeValve as your kind of receiving Third pass threat. Catcher. Maybe. I we'll don't see think how the, he goes I don't here. think the Browns have a whole lot of need there. I think they could draft a young guy if they don't think Njoku's a great tight end in the future. I think they could draft one just be you mean DeValve? Or even a Joku, I think if they're not sold on him, because no. they could they it, they could have made develop a guy. I think they could draft a guy to back up Najoku. Well, the point is, Grant, the, the valve is kind they're of they're going to have to pay a lot of people, and they might come to the point where Najoku's not one of the guys they want to pay. I'm not saying it's going to yeah, happen. I'm just saying it could. Yeah. So I think. God damn it! I love. Njoku. I think for this year they're fine there, but they could draft a developmental guy. Yeah, I love Najoku. I hope he doesn't. I don't know why you love him so much. He's not. He's bad. good. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, he's like an average starting tight end. He could I'm be not getting this into year. this with you right now. He could he could do more this year. Um, so at receiver, you've got Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, and right now, let's say Antonio Callaway. The question mark here is Rashard Higgins. The Browns gave Rashard Higgins a fifth-round tender, which is his original tender, which basically means that the Browns are saying if any other team wants to sign him, they have to give the Browns a fifth-round pick. So the Browns could have given him a higher tender that would have guaranteed he would stay in Cleveland for at least a year, and they did not do that. Yeah. That doesn't mean he's going to go. And I think yeah. he's a really, really solid fit as the the, the fourth receiver because... He could also be the third if needed. Right, be. because first of all, he has good chemistry with Baker Mayfield. And yeah. second of all, if Odell Beckham Jr. gets hurt, you want to have a, a guy who's reliable waiting in the wings. And he would still probably play like 10, 15 snaps a game. Yeah, go ahead and tell me about how much you love Rashard Higgins. Go ahead. You know you want to no. do it. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I just think the Browns are strong in the receiver, in receivers. They have a good top four if Higgins stays. I think Higgins' ceiling is a three... But I think he's just really reliable, and that's why I like him so much. So if he's here's our fourth receiver, that'd be awesome. Because we already have – I think what's going to end up happening a lot more than we think is that Landry's going to line up in the slot a lot. Oh, yeah. 
I think Absolutely. he'll line up outside sometimes. If they just run two receiver sets, they'll run Beckham and Landry outside together. I think Landry will mostly be in the slot. But yeah, I think Callaway's going to have to learn how to, gonna have to play outside. He'll play in the slot sometimes, maybe if it's like in the goal line, because we yeah. did see him last year excel in the short areas and being able to run slant routes. But God, I mean, that's also Odell Beckham too. So Odell Beckham could play in the slot too. So I mean, they're gonna, they have versatile guys in the receiving core. Landry showed last year he can play outside. It's not his best thing, but he's yeah. good at it. I would I would like to see the Browns acquire a bigger red zone target possession wide receiver. Which yeah, and at this point, and that's I think in the draft, it's either they draft one probably in like the fourth or yeah. fifth round. Yeah. They have a lot of mid round picks, so yep. I think the way they handled this is good because now the Browns can just do a lot of young depth yep. signings. It's a deep draft. wide receiver draft. We were talking about who the Browns are going to draft this whole time, and now we got o- o- OBJ. I know now it's worth. I keep wanting to see ODB, but OBJ. Yeah. Um. Slight mock drafts on fire for the Browns. Yeah, I, I think Higgins. He's kind of a stay-or-go guy for me. I don't care a whole lot. I think if he stays, it's just probably for one year to be, you know, probably the number. I think I think ideally he stays for one year as, you know, like the backup um, wide receiver just in case there's an injury, and then they can kind of draft a guy to be a developmental guy. That said, they do have Ratley. They do have Willies. They do have Jalen Strong. Those are three kind of young guys that – have some potential. I, you know I love Willies. That's my boy. Yeah, I, I like Willies. And I, I like Ratley. If one of those three guys can develop into a legit, you know, number three, four possession receiver, that would be great, and the Browns wouldn't have to draft one. Yeah. I'll leave it up to the front office to decide what they think. I mean, they were late-round picks, so if they get that, that's great. Yeah. So depending on what whether Higgins stays or goes, the Browns may have a need at wide receiver or may not. Yeah. Offensive line-wise, Robinson, Batonio, Treader, Corbett, Hubbard. And your, your backups are Kush on the interior and Kendall Lamb. <laughs> I like how his name is in three different places. I know. And Kendall Lamb on the outside. I think the Browns will definitely probably draft at least one guy just to develop. Yeah. They still have uh, still... Har- They still have Harrison, yeah, and I, I have I no know. idea what they think of him. Harrison was an undrafted guy who started at left tackle day one and wasn't ready. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, we both said it was going to happen. He was so. here as potential, not as a starter. Now, yeah. So I think he's probably still going to be on the team next year for sure. No, I agree. And we'll see he's what still happens. Young. He's like 24. <laughs> There's not a lot of need in the offensive line, though. There's really not. Yeah. Defensive line, you've got Garrett, Ogunjobi, Richardson, and Vernon. <laughs> you don't... Yeah, it still seems nice, doesn't it? That's awesome. At defensive end, Agba is a pretty big question mark. I really hope they don't I think he's him. a starting caliber player for the most part, but I think ideally he's a rotation piece. And on I guess a reasonable contract. There have been a lot of rumors about the Browns trading him. What do you think? I think if they trade him, I could see a couple scenarios in how they do it. They would either do it for a piece where they could get a starter. Maybe if they swing, they miss in the safety market and they don't want to draft one, they would trade him straight up for a safety that maybe has just got replaced in the draft or something. Uh, they could also trade him for another linebacker or something. You still well, think he could play inside? I think he could if need be. Maybe he's your third defensive tackle. Or maybe he's yeah maybe he's your third defensive tackle. Maybe maybe he's your uh, maybe he's just your swing. Maybe he's your lineman. maybe he's your third and long inside linebacker and Ogunjobi or Richardson inside defensive below. line. You mean you said inside linebacker? Yeah, inside I do not want to see a yeah, no. linebacker. Yeah, I I still think that that makes some sense, but I and think, he's a good run defender. <coughs> so in base packages, you can put him out there. Yeah, I think it's kind of trending towards him getting traded. I think so too. If he does, we still have Chris Smith and Anthony Zettel who are good rotation pieces. Yeah, that said, on the inside. We re-signed Carl Davis. We've got Trevon Coley and Brian Price. I definitely think there's a need for an interior defensive lineman. I think we need one wise. more. I think we need one more, a third one to be a backup. Yeah, and then he can fight it out with Coley for the spot. Yeah, I think even if you trade Ogba or Coley can stay as a four. I think Chris Smith and Zettel are perfectly fine backups. Yeah. The question here is Chad Thomas. 
I don't think he'll be on the team. I mean, he was a third-round pick last year, and he did not play. Everyone because, misses. Yeah. Everyone misses. We'll see. Maybe we'll see Chad, on him. Maybe Chad Thomas can develop into a defensive end rotation piece. but And he was, he was drafted as potential, not From as a starter. From what I heard, he also has a lot of interests outside of football. Yeah. So he like want, he really likes music and wants to DJ, so yeah. he, maybe he goes and be is a DJ this time next year. We'll see. Either way, I definitely think a, de- uh, a depth piece in the draft is needed. Yeah, they probably need one more defensive lineman. I think that could be a target in the third round. Yeah, I think that could be a good spot. Yeah. Maybe for like a Kalen Saunders out of Western Illinois. He does backflips, by the way. Yeah, he's like 300 pounds and does backflips. He's a, he's a, he's a good pass rusher, too. Um, he's kind of like Larry Okunjobi. Linebacker-wise, you've got Schobert in the middle. You've got Kirksey at one of the outside spots. Who's And Kirksey's like, okay. Yeah. He's like above average. I, we've discussed Kirksey. He's a 4-3 inside linebacker who's masquerading as a 3-4, or as a 4-3 outside guy. Yeah. Or a three, four, and really, guy. and really, they're playing him as a coverage guy. They don't really want him. Yeah. And he's not, and he's like average in coverage. I think run defense is his strongest. Suit, it is now. And that's why he's more suited to a three, four. He's gotten better at it. Yeah. And he works hard. And maybe if he drops five or ten pounds, he can be a little more of a rangy guy. He's a good leader. And plus, his contract yeah. was just we discussed it on our right. podcast. It was too much to cut him. I think right now the Browns might have one of their three long-term starting linebackers, and that's Schobert. Yeah. The Browns have a need for a starting linebacker right now. I don't think that Taylor. I don't want Avery. I don't think Taylor or Avery are starting linebackers right now. So I think no. I think if you're looking at needs on the roster, I think the number one need easily is an outside linebacker. I don't think the Browns have a starter outside linebacker right now. They have one, Kirksey, and he's not even a great fit. So I think that's, that's their a, weakest point, yeah. I think, is their linebackers. I think if the Browns can't find a guy in free agency, they need to draft one. I really hope they can find one in the second round that Dorsey likes because it's their biggest need. Mac Wilson maybe will fall to forty seven. He's a t- he's a couple tier he's a tier below. Devin White and Devin Bush, who were no, no longer in play for the Browns. We were thinking about them in the first round. I really thought Devin Bush would be good for the Browns, but yeah. no pick at 17 means no chance. And he might even get drafted yeah. higher at this point. I'll take OBJ. It's I've heard okay. he might go top 15, yeah. both of them. So, yeah, the Browns might have to get cute and either draft one or they're going to have to sign someone or make a trade. And Dorsey loves yeah. trades, so I could definitely see him making a trade They've got Taylor as a backup. Backer. They've got Avery as a pass rusher. They've got Ray Ray Armstrong. They've got decent depth. They just need a starter. Yeah. And, and Avery's like a Avery can play linebacker, but really his best role is a nickel pass rusher. Yeah, for sure. He shouldn't be a starter. He should be someone that plays yeah, he's kind of 25, a, 30 snaps a game. Right, and he's like a hand down or hand up pass rusher. Yeah. He's not really a linebacker. He's a rusher. There's a there's a position called a joker in the NFL, which is when you play as a with your hand in the dirt as a defensive lineman and with your hand and standing up as a pass rusher. A lot of teams have developed this. It's It's a Seattle model type of thing. He's one of those guys where he can put his hand in the dirt and he can stand up and rush the passer. Yep. You look at cornerback, they've got their big three, Denzel Ward, Terrence Mitchell, TJ Carey. Yeah. Beyond After that, three, it's pretty bad. Yeah. They they have their they have their base package, which at this point in the NFL is nickel. So they have But we three. saw Carey and Mitchell and Ward, all three of those guys have had major injuries already. Yeah, I mean Mitchell and broke think, his arm, yeah. Denzel Ward's had two concussions, and then what did happen to TJ Carey? He missed a couple games though. Like yeah. for many seasons. It was when EJ Gaines was playing too. Yeah. yeah, I mean they've got a couple guys that maybe have some potential, but the Browns are really, really thin at cornerback. They could they could Honestly, the second, third wave would be nice for the Browns. That's where they got Terrence Mitchell last year. Maybe they can sign another corner. I think second or third one. round is definitely I think an opportunity. Def- at this point, I didn't want it at 17 because I didn't think it made sense for the Browns. But I think in the second round or the third round, you yep. draft a corner. I agree. We both argued with a lot of people that said that cornerback is the Browns' biggest need, and we just didn't think it was. The Browns have three decent starters. Now it is. The Browns or have three decent starters at cornerback, but yeah. – they don't have a starter of the future next yeah. to Denzel Ward, and they don't have any depth at all. So I think 
definitely second or third round. Yeah. The Browns should and will draft a cornerback. This kid that everyone keeps bringing up from Michigan State, his name is Justin Lane. Apparently, he's rocketing up draft boards. Might not even be there for the Browns, but he's like 6'2", 215, long, physical, And that would be fast. a good fit, considering Denzel yeah. Ward's a smaller guy. So he keeps getting talked about a lot. You will probably He probably will get... He's risen a lot, so we might not get him, but if the Browns definitely could need that, but they have at least the three. And then safety, that's where we differ, I think, on how we feel about the safety Well, they've position. got Randall. We both like Randall. And I, and I like Kindred, but I don't know. I think Derek Kindred is ideally your third safety. Yeah. But that said, I think given the needs at cornerback and outside linebacker, I think that if we go into the year with Kindred as a starting strong safety, I'll be okay with that, especially because he's one year away from free agency. If he has a good year, you can bring him back on a reasonable contract. If he doesn't have a good year, you're ready to replace him. I mean, the Browns are going to have a first-round pick again next year. It'll probably be a low first-round pick. But I just I think that Kindred has shown enough in his playing time with the Browns that he could be a, a one-year starter. And maybe beyond that, I just think that linebacker is by far a bigger need, and I also think that cornerback depth is a bigger need just because you know one of those guys, or maybe two, is going to get hurt. Yeah. I mean, there's I re- the safety class, both in free agency. The free agency class now is still pretty deep, but it's a lot of free safeties. Like, when people were talking about the Browns were interested in Earl Thomas, it's like, what are they going to do, play two free safeties? Right. Like, they're just going to play Randall and Tom- Thomas and just forget tackling or playing near the box. Cause... But they have Randall, but... And Kindred, I think, can play well, but I think there's a couple guys like Taylor Rapp out of Washington would be someone I could see the Browns trading up for. If, like, he doesn't get drafted in the first round and he's sitting there at, like, 34 day two, you could see Ogba get traded with the 47th pick to, for Dorsey to move up and take him. Or there's Jonathan Abram. Agreed. Or there's Jonathan Abram from Mississippi State. who Or Duke Johnson. Yeah, or Duke Johnson is the trade piece. But, like, yeah. Jonathan Abram from Mississippi State, he is he got ejected from a couple games in college because he hit people hard. So, oh no, yeah, an in the box safety it hits hard. He's a thumper. Taylor Rapp's kind of like a Jabril Peppers mold, where he's like more of like a, he's a strong safety that can cover running backs and tight ends, and he can also play a little bit of two deep. All right, save it for the draft preview. But, uh, we well, will have a comprehensive draft preview. Well, there's now, just, now there won't be as much. Yeah, pick. now there won't That's be as right. much. So, I think if you're looking, I think the Browns may sign one or two more depth pieces on free agency, but they're not going to spend big money anymore. They've already done that in trades, especially. Yeah. They, they have to keep pay- payroll flexibility going forward because of all the young guys they're going to have to sign. Yeah, there's a lot of big money that's going to be coming up if the, if they keep trending. I mean, let's just name the list of the guys we're going to have to resign in the next one or two years. Schobert. Schobert, Demarius Randall, Miles Garrett, Larry Okunjobi, David Njoku. I mean, it's not they a— could maybe resign Olivier Vernon. Yeah, it's not a small list of guys the Browns are going to have to pay. And Might some, have to restructure and, Odell Beckham's look, contract. Ultimately, some of those guys won't be re-signed, and the Browns will lose a guy or two. And that's just what's going to happen in the future once the Browns are no longer this team that just has infinite cap space. Yeah. But, in just in terms of this draft, I, I don't know if the Browns are going to be able to sign any more starters. Maybe a safety or outside linebacker. There's not a lot of guys left. I, I think coming into the draft... You know, the Browns' top pick is the second round and then the third rounder. They don't have the first round like we discussed. Yeah. I think, obviously, you're not looking to get a lot of starters in this draft since you only have a second and a third. I think, if anything, the Browns' biggest needs in this draft would be an outside linebacker and maybe a safety. I think cornerback is a major need, especially for a younger player. You know, I think unless the Browns see a quarterback or a wide receiver they love in the second or third round for where they're at, I think that def- defense will be, you know, 
any level it of has defense. To be a rece- it has Line, to be linebacker, line, or secondary. Yeah. It has I to think. be like a first-round talent falling to the second round. Or like for some reason if Jonathan Simmons, the guy I've right. talked about, is there in the second round. I think the Browns are at this point in their build where they could take a chance on him and be like, yeah. screw it. He's, he's hurt now, but he'll be back either this year or next year, and he'll be another great interior defensive lineman. Look, I, I think unless so, unless there's a wide receiver or a quarterback that the Browns absolutely love, I think they're going to draft defense, defense, defense in the second and I don't round. think there's going to be much offense in this draft except maybe a running back and maybe another receive, uh, receiver yeah. or tight end. Yeah. One more pass catcher. And maybe an offensive lineman late. But yeah. end of the day, with the higher picks the Browns have, it'll be defense. Yeah. Because the Browns have overhauled the offense. And now, looking at the Browns' offense, we just discussed it on the depth chart. There are not really needs there. Yeah. There really aren't. And... The fact that we're sitting here talking about how the Browns offense don't really have any needs on offense is like, I, I didn't it, we just watch Cody Kessler play quarterback for us recently? Oh, no, not Cody Kessler. Yeah, God, he's so or, or Hogan. Oh, seriously though, the that, Browns don't have. We're needs not that on far offense. removed from that's it. where we're at. I know we're not that far removed from it. That's it's gonna crazy. be a hell of a ride this season, and yeah. I can't wait to see what else John Dorsey in the front office does because they have moves yet to make and. They have nailed so many moves the past two years. We will have another podcast. It will not be another month. I promise you this time. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm be, not going to the Philippines again. It'll be more sadly. consistent. And then we'll have red and blue coming up again soon, too. We're going to talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers, who are watchable. I've actually caught some of their games. They They're are good. bad, but they are watchable. In the meanwhile, uh, we really appreciate all of you listening. Um, keep listening, please. Subscribe, rate, review. Only if it's five stars, though. Um, we do have ten reviews, I've checked, and they are all five stars. Thank you very much, people that listen to our podcast. We'll be back more to talk about Browns once they make some more moves or a draft preview, things like that. We'll definitely talk about Cavs. Like Graham said, keep checking out Red and Blue. They are talking about the football side of the football yeah, equation. Champions League quarterfinals are coming up soon, and both of our teams are still in it. So They will be talking about it, talk I guarantee about. it. We appreciate you guys listening. We'll talk to you guys next time. Peace.